Hi, I'm Carrie Adams and you're listening to Carrie's Corner. Here we talk to the movers and shakers, the drinkers, the dreamers, the people who make it happen in the liquor industry around the world. So, let's get sipping. Catherine Marshall in my virtual studio with me today and what to say about this little pixie of a person who is producing the best pin and wine in the country. All the boys are going to shout and scream and come down on us like a ton of bricks. Catherine, so much for joining me on Carrie's Corner. Such a pleasure to see you. Oh, Carrie, it's always a joy, my friend. I mean, we, we have come a long way together. <laughs> a very long it's way. Awesome to see you flourish in your departments. And, you know, it's just been so lucky to work with you. And I'm, I'm just so honored, Carrie. So I first want to say that. Okay. Thank you very much. How special of you. Yeah. Well, no, I was yeah. trying to remember. I think it was 19... Kath, I think it was 1993 or four. You came back from America, I came back from the UK, and we both found ourselves at Anglo-American farms in that magnificent place that's called Fergelechen. I know, I know. How blessed were we? How blessed were we? And, and it was just sort of commonplace to be part of that magnificent, honestly, it really, if I think back yeah. now, how absolutely yeah. beautiful yeah. it was. Well, I have and to give a shout out to somebody who was pretty special in in our lives. Well, Carrie, I just about to say, our Martin, yes. Martin Mine, yes. he was he yeah. was Fergelechen, wasn't he? Yeah, and and he gave us the opportunity. He saw beyond us being women and all of that. So very cool to have had that opportunity. In fact, to I work think such an incredible fellow. I think Marty loved us being women. Don't you think? I think so. I think he did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, For sure. from those sort of beginnings where we were trying desperately to sell a ghastly label that Norman, uh, Norman Goodfellas, that Fergelechen came up with called Les Enfants, if you remember. And we I were do. desperately trying to make money from, because yes. we had the Anglo board breathing down our back saying, we've bought this property, we need to make it work, bah, bah, bah. Yeah. And we yeah, had yeah. Les Enfants, which was very good um it is a very uh, in afrikaans they say lekker idea kak uit gevoer if you understand what <laughs> it was hard to sell that thing but anyway we did um oh and Cass, before i go any further just while we're on the subject of women and wine and all things that that are related i don't know if you heard that margaret Leroy died last week 
you remember Margaret? Yeah, mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah, no, it's it's happening so 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 much now. We're losing mm. a lot of giants in our industry for sure. So big it's, shout uh, out to Margaret Leroy, who was yeah. an unbelievable lady who shaped yeah. the future of many of us in the wine industry. So big for shout sure. out to no. Margaret. She worked with us as well. But Kath, I mean, mm. we're detracting from what we're actually speaking to you about because you've come a very long way and under tricky circumstances a lot of the time you have mm. triumphed above all else and in my estimation you're producing some of the prettiest most drinkable most gorgeous pinot noir in the country oh, and the 18th i think it was wednesday was pinot noir day world pinot noir day and I decided to defer it to today because I wanted all the biz news listeners and everybody in the country to know that this weekend they need to buy a bottle of Pinot Noir. And we need to celebrate both Pinot Noir and women because it's Women's Month. When you left and what did you do? Wow, Kerry, my journey is, is a long, long story. Uh, lots of heartache, uh, lots of very difficult times, particularly, you know, when we, we were before 1994, the landscape of winemaking and for women in general in those times was very tough. And I only, you know, as I reflect on my journey, I realize how tough it was. But when you're in it, you, you don't really kind of think about it. You just put your head down and you just go for it. I know. So there was a lot of uh, pioneering to be done. Yes, there were the greats just before me, like the, the, the phenomenal Norma Ratliff, who was just unbelievably... Well, she still cracks a whip, doesn't she? She still herds us all around amazing. like the head girl. Yeah, and she was pushy and she was, you know, didn't stand for any nonsense. And, and I, I really, really, you know, looked up to that because, you know, mm. I was such a rookie and so green and... and to have, have some mentor like that was just extraordinary. Yeah. So I was the one after that. I came in, in after um, uh, Norma set this inc- trailblazer's incredible path for us. Mm. But yet there was still a lot of work to be done, especially for people like me who came from a very blue-collar background, you know, didn't own farms, didn't own vineyards, but oh. had a lot of, lot of passion and desire to be a winemaker. And even when I was... Um, looking to to get into the profession there was a lot of pushback from the mm. older generation where i was working on on wine farms as you know uh, uh pr and all of that to sell wine at these various wine farms there was a lot of pushback and i'm just unfortunately one of those contrarian kind of people that if you say <laughs> don't do then i'm going to do absolutely so i kept on pushing and I, I honestly when i applied to elsenberg i really didn't think i was going to get in and I'd already finished a degree at University of Stellenbosch in sport and teaching. I was going to coach sport because mm. um, that's one of my other passions. Um, but then, of course, drinking too much Tassenberg at, at the, the famous Acker back in the day, I realized that this is really, really what I, I wanted to do was to, was to make great wine. Because I am an artist. I, I'm naturally an artist. I'm naturally bent in that direction. Yes. So I kind of saw wine as a, as a culture, as an art culture that I could be a custodian of, but didn't realize at the time, taking this on, that, that there would be such a difficult road to, to traverse. Mm. But um, so being that, uh, getting back to the story that I don't own a farm or I don't own vineyards, it was a case of going out 
to find uh, people who had vineyards, who had cellars. People who wanted this little pixie cuckoo that they could put into the nest. Yeah, you were. Well, in fact, I always tease Neil Ellis because he was the first cuckoo wine farmer. He didn't have a farm and he didn't have a cellar and he didn't have anything. But I think it was a little bit easier because he was part of the boys club. But yeah. now we've got a boys and girls club, and I think the boys yeah. are actually going to come begging to be part of our girls club, don't you think? <laughs> well, we've got such incredible women winemakers now that are, are really pushing things to, to really high, um, high levels. You know? So you started, a label called, you started a label called Barefoot. Correct, yes. yes. Which is very Kath, because you are this little pixie hippie. <laughs> she is. She's a hippie pixie when you meet her, guys, you'll see. And you started Barefoot. What was the sort of thought process behind Barefoot? Because it was, I think you entered, there was some argy-bargy with an American trademark of sorts. Tell us briefly what happened there. Yeah, look, there was no thought behind it. It was a case of coming back from overseas and seeing quite a few um, winemakers that had little bits of wine that was going on in their garage. And so although it was being done in South Africa, it wasn't commercialized. So we had a beautiful little party down at where I live in, in, in Cork Bay, well, in Musenberg at the time. And I was, I was busy working uh, in a winery in, in, in Devon Valley, and there was a, a block of Shiraz that was going to be pulled out. And Greg, my, my business partner, uh, said, well, look, let's do a little foot stomp. It would be a great party. <laughs> bring, that, bring a ton of grapes in the, in the pickup or the bucky. And let's just stop. And I was saying, yes, 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 absolutely. That's what I want to do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So what we did and bought the ton of grass. We had 40 of our dear friends uh, around and we stomped through the night, had the most awesome party. There was no equipment, Carrie. We didn't have any equipment. It was just our feet, uh, our fun and our sport that, that created this, this little journey of three barrels of Shiraz in, in our garage in Usenberg, which we then bottled at the end of the year. Literally bought some some pipes from the from the local hardware store, some plastic pipe tubing, and some bottles that I put on the back of my bucky, and just siphoned it out of the out of the, the barrel into the bottle. Well, of course you can imagine we had more wine down our throats than we had in the bottle, but you know we had a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, and um, and we dished out that wine to all of the forty that were were involved, and I thought, well, okay, that's it. That was a lovely party. Mm. Well, lo and behold. Greg, my, my today partner, and, and uh, Pete, who's unfortunately passed on, and the, he's the father of my son. Darling Pete, um, yes. This, yeah, this program can also be for Darling Pete so that he's looking down and saying, my girl was cleverer than I thought, yeah. For sure. They both um, approached me and said, look, uh, let's, let's just make this a formal little business. Would you like to be the winemaker? And still being very green and very rookie and very, like... So excited, <laughs> like a puppy. Uh, I jumped on board and I said, without a doubt, I definitely want to do this. And and I can promise you, Carrie, had I known what was ahead of me, oh, okay. I probably would have thought 500 times, do I want to do this? But I think every, at every turn, I probably would have said yes, because I don't think there's any other, uh, as difficult as this industry is and as hard and tough as it is, um, there's no other profession that really suits me. No, and... And you've excelled at it. It gives, yeah, and I can still get on with it. Yeah, it gives and you it's, an it's avenue great. for all your creativity. Um, exactly. Your yes, labels, and you've got your beautiful boy, who I think is working with you. We'll talk about that in a minute. Mom. 
But, um, Kath and I have got another thing in common is that we each have a, a single beautiful boy that belongs to us. Um, yes. Kath, so you did barefoot. You went and worked in the, um, oh, Rusty, what was Rusty Silla uh, with an A? I've got COVID. Amani. I've got yes. COVID disease. Long COVID oh, for me equals that I can't time. remember. Yeah. Me, who's had a memory like a, a razor blade my whole life. Now I remember the first yes. letter of every word that I'm trying to say. It's bizarre. Well, that's, a, that's a good start. That's very good. <laughs> Hopefully the others follow. So you went yeah. and worked um, at Amani. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Well, it, um, after I finished setting up um, Kent Forrester and Martin Minor for two years, because Martin was a faculty and then I went and kind of helped get get uh, that project up and running. And then Martin went back to run that full time and left Fachlöchen. Yes. So I needed to find another address. So down the road was a winery that had just been built by the Make Pieces. Yes. And uh, they live in, in, in England now, so they're out of business. And I was here for two years and then decided that I needed to, to kind of further my education. I needed to travel. And um, so I went off back to um, Oregon and to France, and, and they were very gra- gracious in sending me to Australia to look at vineyards. So that was, that was a great uh, learning time for me. And in the same time, I was, I was setting my little business up, the Barefoot Wines. Um, and you mentioned that we, we got into trouble. Yes, we did, because Barefoot is, is actually a, a label that belonged to the now Gallo company, which is one of the biggest I was going to say, you took on one of the biggest guys in the world. I remember laughing so much about it. <laughs> yeah, we were like, like David and one trying to store to Goliath, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. we, we won a little edge to that, is that because we'd been doing business in the country for 10 years when they approached us, we were able to keep our URL. So our company is still called Barefoot Wine Company, PTY, LTD. Okay. But we trade as Catherine Marshall now because okay. we couldn't export our wines to the UK and to, you know, all the countries that we were at the time. Yes. Because um, of, of this infringement. Yeah. So um, it all ended up fine. You know, initially it was a little bit, a little bit tense, but we, we backed off and we, <laughs> we, and I'm very glad about that because honestly, I, I didn't really want to be the same kind of label as the wines that they were producing. We were more in the high end premium. Yes. So I said to Greg, we need to get ourselves away from that completely. And so we created an, a brand, Catherine Marshall brand with Haneke de Klerk labels and we created something I think that is very personal, that is very, um, um, uh, it, it's, it's us really, it's me. And, and I think that's really what we needed to define. So it's definitely, that, that's kind of the direction we took. It's definitely yeah, yeah. you. So enough of the past, because that's enough. We're here and now and in the present. And we are in the grips of this magnificent portfolio of wines that you've put together. Kath came to see me, wow, when last? It was last year, just before this ghastly COVID story started. Yes, we yeah, sat yeah. and we tasted through all of your wines, and I, including your boys' wines. And I have to tell everybody that if you have not tasted a Catherine Marshall wine yet, it's – it's a thousand lashes to the what's it with a shoelace because you really, really do need to taste Catherine Marshall wines. They are gorgeous. You sourcing most of your fruit from, from Elgin. Correct. You yes. making your wine where? Um, funny you mentioned Amani. It's, it's really weird how, how the world rotates because 
20 years, when, when I left Amani, 20 years on, I'd never been back. I never put my foot back on this farm. Yes. And then um, I have been all over the place. I, I worked in Stellenbosch, I worked in Elgin, and I lived in Elgin. And then, unfortunately for me, being in Elgin, uh, the farm that I was working on and making my wine out of was sold. So I needed to move out. So it was really weird how things work out. I managed to find a seller within a month of harvesting in Stellenbosch. And <laughs> it's I a bit of a hot and sweaty moment. I know. It's like real gypsy stuff. <laughs> and it's very difficult and very hard to actually move all your stuff because it's a lot of stuff that I had to, to move around. You know, all yes. my barrels, all my pots, all of that. Yes. And so anyway, that little seller was too small for what I needed. And it was, again, very fortuitous that I, I managed to find Amani because the, the owners were Italian. They, they bought the farm from the previous owners who were American who went back to America. And um, they weren't interested in making wine. All they wanted was a rental and somebody to look after the place. So Greg and I jumped in on it. And we said, yes, where do we sign? And, again, it was within a month of harvest. So... <laughs> My stress levels were like beyond. Yeah, and your timing as ever immaculate. Always, yeah. And the seller needed a lot of fixing and a lot of work, but we managed to get through the first year. And then uh, this has been my third vintage year now, and um, we've cleaned it up, we've set it up, and we've made it ours. And uh, now the tasting room is the next level where we're opening in the cellar door, we're making it beautiful, we're going to have a deli here. We're going to make amazing wines, and I'm bringing on new wines as well. And my son, Jono, is here. So it's all very exciting stuff. I'm well, really I'm going to bring my Jono, and we're going to come and do that oh, with no you. Should we do that as in our oh, retirement? Kath, onto your wines. Yes, Finite Elements has to be the quintessential, most delicious, most beautiful, tinkly, pure, clean, bright Pinot Noir that I've ever tasted in my life. Finite elements. I mean, the name says it all. Where does the name come from? Well, um, you know, I have a portfolio of Pinots. Let me start there. Yeah, tell it us about them from, from soup to nuts. Yeah. Making one for Woolies, yeah. and that's quite a, quite a cool brand to be involved with. Mm. And Alan Mullins was, was very much my dearest friend who's passed on, and he, he kind of worked with me on, on getting that project up and running. And then I have in the Catherine Marshall portfolio – two wines called the Sandstone Pinot and the Clay Soil Pinot. And, you know, that was from my journey uh, coming back from Burgundy where everything is about soil and yes. everything is about defining the domains on, 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 and, and, the, and the wines from where they come. So when I got back to South Africa, I realized we have a beautiful story to tell. We have ancient soils, Carrie. They are ancient. They are not earthquakes. They are not – there's been no vol volcanoes. No. And so our, all our soils here are decomposed and are weathered. So we have an, have an opportunity to tell an amazing story, as do yeah. the Burgundians. You know? So what better place than Elgin, where we have just precisely that. We have Table Mountain Sandstone, and we've got Bokefold Shell. Yes. And we've got combinations of all of that in between. Mm. So because I buy from about four different uh, producers in Elgin, and they've got all different types of soils, I decided, fantastic, this is an opportunity for me to tell the story of my Pinot grown on sandstone and my Pinot grown on Bokefeld shell. Yes. But then it was an amazing journey that I took with my son, Jono, in 2012. When Pete passed in 2011, there was always been this, this, this uh, hunger and this itch for me to, to head off to Tibet. 
I really wanted to go and see Lhasa. I wanted to see the, the palace where the Dalai Lamas lived. Mm. And I've always been fascinated by this whole country. Right back from when I was a young girl reading Tintin in Tibet, you know, I'm the great Tintin. <laughs> so, you, so you're actually a Buddhist hippie pixie. Um, I'm, I think I moved on from the hippie thing. I think I'm more, uh, I've got my shoes on now. Have you got your shoes? Oh, okay. All right. Shoes. Yeah, I do wear shoes now. <laughs> um, and, uh, so off you went I to do, Tibet. So we went to Tibet, and because we have such a passion for mountains, because Pete was a, a great mountaineer, we used to go to the, the Drakensberg a lot. So I, I figured that would be a great reason for us to, to travel, was to go and pay homage to somebody who was so great in our lives yes. in front of probably one of the greatest mountains on earth, right? Yes. And so we went to Tibet and we spent amazing time with the lamas and the monks and traveling all around. And then the, the highlight of the journey, obviously, was to head up to base camp um, Everest and spend time with the nomads in their yak tents right at the base there, which was incredible, Carrie. It was a thing I'll never forget. Could they speak and to so, you? Do they speak English? No, well, we had translators with us because you aren't allowed to travel there on your own. You have to have a driver and a translator. Can they speak Pinot Noir? Well, we, we introduced, I mean, they're yes. not really au fait with alcohol. We didn't have much alcohol. The wine in Tibet is disgusting. <laughs> so I kept my one bottle of Pinot in my rucksack for the occasion. Yes. So we headed up uh, and we stayed with the, with, the, with the monks for about three days. And then because it was all monsoon in the mountain, I, I honestly didn't think we were going to see uh, the great goddess, Chomolunga. But um, on the third day, I said to Jono, let's just pretend. Let's just take the, the metal, the, the enamel cups. Let's hike up to base camp. Let's sit there and look at the clouds and pretend you're seeing it, right? Mm. And as true as God, Carrie, as we were walking up, it was 11 o'clock in the morning. I'll never forget this incredible geology on either side of us with lakes in front. It was exquisite. Mm. And the clouds just parted like that. And there she was in all wow. her glory. Wow. I mean, the tears just streamed down oh, our faces. We couldn't believe at the beauty of this special. thing. I've got big and goose we, flesh. We, yeah, we ended up sitting and looking up at this this last 3,000, because we were 5'2", 5,200 wow. above sea. It's very high. It's and almost like Johannesburg. Have, no, it's, it's very, very high. <laughs> I mean, it's five times higher than Johannesburg. And it was amazing because there was a, a woman from Berlin sitting next to me, and um, she had not been out of the country since the war came down. Wow. So we both sat there in absolute silence and drinking our Pinot. I shared a, a cup with her. What an we amazing place to drink your Pinot, though, in no, the face well, that's of… All happened. That's where it all happened for me. Then I realized, oh, my God, I understand why Pinot now. I get myself. I get me. And I get why Pinot. It's because oh. it's such a spiritual… It's a, it's a wine that really moves one, mm. I think. I mean, if I watch people drinking, you, know, you can't help notice that. Yeah. And so when I came home, I realized Pinot is, for me, a bit like climbing Everest. And I don't have to get to the top. I don't physically have to do that. I can do that through uh, um, uh, kind of uh, doing it through my Pinot, you know. Uh, well, you can so pretend. I mean, you were about to pretend that you got there and you got there. So we can pretend anything. So, so my Pinot, making Pinot for me is like pushing to the next base uh, camp. You know? Well, it feels like it's, it's the pinnacle. When yeah. you drink when you drink your finite elements, it is the pinnacle. It is just well, gorgeous. 
thank you so much, Kerry. I appreciate that you get it. Um, no, I get you one hundred percent. But for me, it's about um, okay. How do we get to the next level now? So every year it's that because the finite elements is really about all of the conditions, the climate, the soils, what happened when you picked on that day, which bird pooped on the leaf on that day, <laughs> how it all integrates with, you know, how I interpret that. Yeah. And so those finite elements are the elements that I have to work with with that wine. So I think that's a pretty cool uh, it's a very cool kind of, way. We then went yeah. on and you made Peter's Vision, which is a Cab Franc, which you gave me to taste last year as well, which is yeah. Cabernet Franc is, is one of my favorite um, grape varieties. And yes. once again, leave it to Kathy Marshall and you've turned it, you've <laughs> finessed it into something that is so come doozo, baby. That's what my father, who was half Zulu, used to say, come doozo, baby, if you liked something. <laughs> And your Cabernet Franc is just so sumptuous, so gorgeous, so very full. I, I've i never been one of those people to say, oh, you know, it's little hints of pencil shavings. It's just a full, power-packed, gorgeous, velvety, fruit-filled bottle. It's just delicious. You want to have one, and then you want to have another one and another one. Your Cab Franc grapes are coming from where? All right, so that's also another journey, uh, Carrie. That that is all um, a nod towards uh, the great producers of Cab Franc uh, Merlot from uh, Chateau Angelus in uh, Saint Emilion, and I was so so fortunate to have spent a harvest with the great Hubert de Beauard mm. and Michel Roland at the time. I got to meet him and 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 work with him a little bit. We love that and naughty was, boy, don't we? Uh, they were revolutionising the whole the whole border, um, uh, uh, area like big time. So it was yes. really cool. It was 1994, so it was really cool to have been able to be part of that journey. So when I came back to South Africa, I realized that we are way too hot here. We are, uh, it's just, you can't work with these grits. Too hot, wrong climate, all of that. Until I got to Elgin and I, and I saw that because we've got the ability to extend the hang time to, um, we've got enough water because Merlot and Cab Franc don't like stress at all, Mm-mm. especially heat stress. And that's why you end up with wines that are, are both porty and green. Because, green, oh, um, it's dreadful. It's I always say the only Merlot that I ever, the only Merlot I really drink is Chateau Petras. Well, that's it because they know how to, <laughs> how to, how to get it together. It's a bit of an expensive but, order, but yeah. Exactly. If you're going to drink, you're going to drink well. Yeah. So I learned a lot from them, Carrie. And the, and the one thing there is about um, canopy management and canopy architecture. So everything has to be ripening even. So we literally have to chop half the crop off the Cab Franc and Merlot mm. to, to balance it out. So you don't have all that port and green, that uneven ripening yeah. which can happen. Yeah. And um, so the Elgin, uh, uh, the Merlot is from Elgin, and the Cab Franc 2017 is from Elgin. And and they're um, all they're all available. Hey, Kath, we can order on your online. You've got a shop online. Absolutely, I've got a beautiful a beautiful shop online. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> And so, is that your little yeah, boy? Yeah, that's Greg just walked in. Yeah, I'm trying to keep him quiet. So we can shop so online at Catherine. What's yes. it? Catherine Marshall Wines Catherine or what? So you go cmwines.co.za. Kath, before we go, because I'm running out of time here, talk to us about Jono's wines. 
Okay, so Jono, uh, he's a he's a surfer dude. Let me put that up. That's his that's his passion. <laughs> he, he loves surf. He loves the sea. That's his religion. Yes. So the wine Jono's wave is made uh, for him because of his surfing, and um, and it's really the wine really reminds me of a bit of a, a, a surf break when you drink it. It kind of is so fresh. And so bright, you kind of think you you got your head in a wave there. Good. So it was a perfectly good name, Jono's Wave. So What's in the bottle? It's Chenin Blanc. Okay. 100% Chenin Blanc, yeah. Also yeah. from so Elgin. Delicious. Also from Elgin and also a little bit from Stellenbosch Old Bushwein. So oh. it gives you that lovely peach juice. Um, Honey, juiciness. it's gorgeous. I and know. then you've got the, the flintiness from the Elgin fruit. So a combination, I call it... Uh, peach juice on a wet pebble. That's how, that's my tasting note for that wine. Yeah. Kate, so, we need you to yeah. come up to Johannesburg and visit us. I, I want my soon. whole biz news community to to just enjoy the wonders of Catherine Marshall's personality and your passion and your love. I hate that word passion because passion is something that you should really use between the sheets. But it is. Do you know what I mean? I, I hate people who say it's my passion. I do, I do. But yeah. but you are very passionate about what you do, and and it comes mm-hmm. through in every single bottle that you put a cork into. We love you. We privileged. We're just so proud to have you as as a South African. And I cannot wait to see what your shop is going to be all about. I'm going to come down and visit you and do that shop. But before we, I do that, you are going to come up to Johannesburg because we've got a little. We've got a little, um, what's the word, a project underway with Biz News at the moment that you are also going to be a part of going forward. So we're going to tell everybody about that in due course. But for here and now, thank you so much. You are a wondrous, wondrous personality to have in our midst. Thank you, Kath. A right back at you too, my friend. Thank you so much for your kind words and for inviting me today. And I look so forward to be part of your little up-and-coming business. We and will. Biz News guys, when you're in Cape Town, please come and visit us. We'd love we to are going to come you. and visit you. All our yeah. Biz News people, I'm going to tell them that if they want to have the tasting of their life, they must give Kath a ring when they're in Cape Town. Kath, um, the the Pinot Noir that we everybody has to drink for the weekend for World Pinot Noir Day on Wednesday, what should they drink? Well, I would suggest the sandstone, if it's a warm day, put it in the fridge and haul it out and have that with a lovely uh, piece of fish or some prawns or on its own. The sandstone is looking absolutely delicious right now. Fantastic. Bright, crunchy, crunchy, fresh cherries. And then the sandstone, if you have the clay soil, if you want to have like a ser- more serious meal, Bring that out and enjoy it there. And if you really want to push the envelope out, then go for the finite elements. You won't you won't be sorry. You That's definitely won't. You definitely yeah. won't. Cheers, my darling. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your time too, Carrie. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.